Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome back to the Sunday session. We'll be going through every game from round 12 of the Telstra Premiership. I've got Johnny here with me, mate. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Mate, I'm all right. It's a down leak in Supercoach for me in Classic. Looks like I've only just cracked the, the 1,000, but I've got the winning draft, so pretty happy. But then you've gone opposite to me. Yeah, I've cracked the 1,200 mark in Classic, but I've got my got my second loss of the season in draft, uh, which, I, which I'll take that. Patrick's a good guy, and um, he's... He's right at the bottom, so so no one took, uh, yeah, t- nipping at my feet, so all good. That's it, and both of our teams got very different results this week. My Parramatta Eels yeah. obviously going down, but your Newcastle Knights uh, getting the win. Looked yeah, like yeah. old boys' day, the way they fought for that victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Knights are becoming a bit of an untippable team these days. You know, they've given um, Tigers two of their wins this season, and then we've, you know, we've got the hot-running um, Trebojevic brothers, all three of them. Mm. All right, cool. Well, I'm sure we'll hit those games as we go through, but let's start on Thursday night. Uh, a game that we expected how it went. Uh, there was the Suncorp Stadium showdown between the Melbourne Storm and the Brisbane Broncos, ending in a 40-12 to victory for the Melbourne Storm here. This one all about the Nico Hines and Cheese, hectic cheese show. Johnny, in this one, Melbourne doing what they're doing, Brisbane, you know, faltering as they have been in the last couple of weeks. How do you see this one going, mate? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, um, the Storm's doing, you know, very Melbourne-like things. Um, the Storm, the, the Suncorp's been a bit of a home ground advantage for them over the past few seasons. I mean, they've got a, an incredible record up there. Um, with Broncos, oh, geez. Um, look, they, they, they got up against the Roosters. Everyone was expecting this to be a lot closer. Am I surprised? Yes, but at the same time, you know, I guess this... Um, storm outfit everyone's penciling them in for the grand final yeah the way melbourne's attacking right now without their star trio like there's so many sweet plays like nico hines obviously i've got him in super coach so i've got a bit of a invested watch in him but every time he floats across the field it's very effortless and it's very different to how pappenhausen pappenhausen loves to hit the line very quickly and direct to try and punch through whereas nico hines kind of likes to swing across and really pick his gaps you saw for the the Cooper Johns try, he kind of drifted across field, saw his little, saw the crease in the, in the defense and slid through three players untouched. Now, you know, a lot of players would, you know, like I said, try and burst through that hole and just create the overlap through brute strength. But Nico Hines is a lot more finesse. And that that try, that try assist was just amazing. And the other guy mentioned the top hectic cheese, you know, that pass uh, for Nico Hines for his try kind of, Buller passed out the front of the defensive line. Penguai went for that intercept, but got burned off the right foot, beat uh, Jermaine Asako. They're hitting in a different couple of ways. You know, their four pack is rolling, but not, you know, one of the best four packs in the game. You know, it's just doing its job and the halves are really controlling it. So, again, like we said, Melbourne's doing what they're doing. But, you know, this was the third time Anthony Milford got put into this Brisbane Broncos team. And, you know, I am a staunch Milford defender. Uh, I think he does get a bad rap just on the price tag, you know, coming in, like I said, the third time he's coming to this side and I don't know what they were expecting against this um, Melbourne Storm outfit. What's your thoughts on Milford and has he played his last game in Brisbane colors? Uh, look, I'm a great, I'm, I agree with you that, you know, Milford, he's, ha- he's had a hard, hard rap. Um, I'm a, 
I'm not sure if I'm saying a Milford defender, but you know he's been thrown the deep end here against the, the Storm uh, new halves combination. And the thing is with Milford over the past few seasons, he hasn't had that dominant playmaker next to him. Um, he's sort of you know he's he's Milford. He's not a game controller. He needs that dominant half, and he's been thrown in a deep end with Albert Kelly, who's another sort of eyes up footballer and. I mean, you, you can't really, you know, use him as scapegoat against what happened against Melbourne. Yeah, hundred percent. A couple of notes on this game before we move on. So Felice Kafusi is challenging a tripping charge that he got this week. So the grub keeps doing oh, grub things. Grub, yeah, yeah. So he'll he'll be fighting the judiciary to make sure he can take his place in the Origin lineup. And the other one for the Broncos, Tom Dearden's got an early release, so he's up to the Cowboys as of as of next week. So I should see. Uh, did in round 14. Just quickly on a super coach perspective, obviously the gun in this game, Nico Hines, 156, doing that damn thing that Pappenhausen should be doing. So if you've got Pappenhausen, <laughs> hopefully you've got Nico Hines doing that for you. For the guy who, you know, came up short in a game that I thought he would probably go better, it's probably your boy, Jermaine Asako. You know, has been really, you know, averaging around that 40 as a base, but got 24 in this game. So all the Asako owners, hopefully you benched him in this hard matchup. Um, otherwise, not really a competitive score there. Move yeah, there's not much you can do against this Storm outfit. I think they're just very staunch and, you know, any super coach players that come out against either Penrith or Storm, yeah, you got to, um, yeah, trade them out. <laughs> trade them out or bench them. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Move on to the next game. It was from Queensland Country Bank Stadium and it was probably one of the closest games of the round. We had the Cowboys getting up 29 to 28 against the New Zealand Warriors. And this one, I know you didn't catch much of this one, Johnny, but I'll paint the picture. The the new the Cowboys got really ahead really early on, jumped the jumped the Warriors are ridiculous sin bin for Jazdavanga. Not ridiculous from the referee perspective, ridiculous from the Jazdavanga perspective. He is just one of those players that you just think from the football IQ just it needs to be better. Because Nathan Brown, it's, he's now becoming one of those liabilities that we were yeah. speaking about in these rounds. He can't do what he did. And, you know, it was a silly Simbin. Cowboys jumped on. The Warriors fight their way back into this game, you know, make it a real big game. They actually have the lead with three minutes left. They're 20 out from the Cowboys line. Shanoa Harris-Davida, the primary playmaker, gets the ball in front of the sticks. It's, you know, two options that needed to happen there. Take the one. Go for the one. If you miss it, seven tackle set. But if you get it, it's now you win the game. Or dribble the ball into the end goal, get a repeat set. He chose for a crossfield kick, uh, gets caught in the end goal on the full, seven tackle set. Cowboys go, run the length of the field and score. And then we always see what Val, see what Val Holmes does and knocks over the 40-meter field goal there to win it. It was a game that if you're a Warriors fan, you're spewing because you should not have lost that game. Yeah, second golden point game that the Warriors have lost. Mm. And the Knights just pipped them at the end as well. So that's three, you know, they lost in the last minute, really. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow there. Yeah, and if you're a Warriors fan, you know, you're going to be right. You're battling one of those teams battling for a top eight spot. And like you just said, there's three, that's six competition points that you should really have because in all of those games, they were in prime, prime um, position to win that game. In this one here, Reese Walsh doing Reese Walsh things. Uh, Looks like he's going to pick up a bit of a suspension, the first charge in his career with that. You know, we, we call out a grub a grub. You know, if that was Felice Cafusi doing that elbow, um, you know, we'd be hammering it all day. So it was a pretty grubby move yeah. there from Reese. But, yeah. you know, other than that, when you look at his play on the field, you know, that breakaway try, 
thought he would have a lot more speed. Uh, did get run down, but was able to finish it. Um, but yeah, the Warriors, there's something just missing. And Adam Fanuel Blake should be back for the round 14 game. So that should give him a lot more punch through the middle of the field. But yeah, they're, they're one player away, in my opinion. They had one more classy player in this team. They could be right around that top four right now. Yeah, it's a shame. But um, yeah, AFB, he'll, he'll be a huge boost to his Warriors pack. And um, yeah, looking forward to his return. Jason Tomololo, uh, another huge out. Well, he'll be back next round in round 14 as well. Tom Dearden comes into this lineup. So obviously he'll probably partner Scott Drinkwater there. How do you see that uh, combination going? Tom Dearden, we saw he was taking on more of the organizer role yeah. at the Broncos, but I actually think Scott Drinkwater is going to be the primary organizer here and he's going to let Tom Dearden's running game, which we have seen um, used pretty well in that Broncos side. How do you think Dearden and Drinkwater will go as a combination? That's an interesting one because we all know Drink- Scott Drinkwater. I mean, he was in front of Ryan Pappenhausen in the Storms in terms of fullback ranks. So uh, I'm not too sure how they'll, they'll line up. Um, my gut was that, you know, Dearden would sort of be the organiser like he was expected to be in Brisbane and Scott Drinkwater, I, I thought he would be sort of, you know, the eyes up for um, play what's in front of you. So um, I bet I will see. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. On a super coach perspective, quickly, Obviously, Val Holmes Tundum got the hundred, but uh, again from the Warriors side, you and Aiken, you traded him to me very gracefully this week. Got a ninety. Uh, so any you and Aiken owners, you're, you're taking that every day of the week, and for a bit of a flop of who didn't really perform. Look, I'll go with Jazz Tavunga again. You know, there's a lot of preseason hype around Jazz in that critical dual second row hooker. Only eked out a twenty nine with his sin bin. So if you're a Jazz owner, you're probably looking to move that one on because it's not probably getting the returns that you expected there. Yeah, Valentine home. He's uh he's been in some red hot form and you know, if you picked him up in draft and you're slotting him in your center wing, which is pretty much as unfair as you know putting Nico Hines in your center wing, <laughs> having the possibility of you know having two gun fullbacks in your team. Um but yeah he's he's definitely delivering the goods this year. 100 percent Move on to the second Friday game. And again, Channel 9 and Fox Sports are giving us blockbusters <laughs> on the on a late Friday night game. It was the West Tigers beating the St. George Illawarra Dragons 34-18. to 18. In this one here, really, it was the Dane Laurie show. We were waiting for that Dane Laurie breakout game, and we got it right here. Topped the Supercoach stats in 117 and was all had his footprints all over this one. Yeah, um, I got to admit, I wasn't looking forward to this match um, when I saw that you know, West Tigers and Dragons were heading up the Friday um, blockbuster but you know this was an entertaining game from the perspective that both teams can't defend so you know James Robert he's get he got a double there so he's actually got a pretty good strike rate out in the wing there um, with the Dragons oh, like you know they, they always seem to start the season red harder then they start fading when you know when, when they really should be, be getting up because you know, they took down Parramatta. They took down the Knights at um, at the Hunter. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame with what's happening with the Dragons. Yeah, I think we've seen it a couple of times this year. I've mentioned it a couple of times. The fullbacks this year, if you lose your starting fullback, it's so critical. Matt Dufty inspires a lot of the attack in this side. Um, but attack's not really the problem in this game. It was the defense. They leak some real, real leaky tries. You know, Tommy Talao got over for a couple. You know, like you said, James Roberts. You know, just they shouldn't be conceding like that. And, you know, uh, Hook's been really big on, you know, defense. And I can see a couple of these guys getting dropped uh, because some of the way they're playing, you know, 
Andrew McCulloch is one I probably looked a little bit at this week. Looks like an older player who's had a lot of miles on him, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, he obviously had a very nice burst with the Knights last year. Started the season pretty well, but he's looking like a guy who's in his, you know, can't even, can't even imagine how many seasons he's had by now, but he's at least he's be close to double digits now. And yeah, he just looks like a player who's a bit tired. So, you know, I want to see some some improvements in this Dragon side. You know, they've got the bot. They haven't got the buy next week. They're playing. Um, so they've got to kind of bounce back here because they may be missing a couple of games, a couple of players due to origin commitments. Um, but they're in strife of really losing touch. You know, they're still in the eight as of now, but they can really drop and free fall pretty quickly here. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm actually surprised that they're still in the eight. But yeah, mm-hmm. there they are with, te- with five wins. Um, and... Not the worst point differential, minus 19. So they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're at least doing better than the Cowboys there in terms of their point differential. Yeah, and for the Tigers, you know, uh, the, all their backs played well. Their forward pack, you know, I think Maguire's kind of got the right combination of Joe playing 13, Twal, and uh, Tomo up, Tamo up front. And then you have, you know, the guys like McKaylee and Bloor coming off the bench. So I think they're starting to round in a bit of form here. Quickly on a super coach perspective on this game, obviously Dane Laurie, the 117, probably going to see a lot more of those in his career. And from the Dragons, I did, you know, I watched this game and I watched it pretty closely. Corey Norman cracked the century as well, which I didn't really expect to see on the, he got 107. So I have to check the scores and how he got that. But yeah, if you if you played Corey Norman this week in a high scoring affair, you're probably, you're cheering on that score because that was definitely over to what I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm not sure if some, you know, Nathan Cleary unicorn points are leaking in there, but yeah, that, that is surprising. One more actually, it. I'm looking at the list now. Somehow Gerald Beal walked off the street, you know, after a year and he's got a 60. So if you picked up Gerald <laughs> Beal for some reason, you're really desperate. You got your 60, so you've got, you, you'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, you're cheering with the uh, center wing with, uh, yeah, 60. All right, beautiful. We'll move on to the first Saturday game. It was the Penrith Panthers hosting the... Kenwood Banks down Bulldogs. Uh, and in this one, it was 30 to 4. The Panthers got up, but you know, thought it could have been a lot more. If you had a lot of Panthers guys in your super coach uh, teams, you were waiting for about 10 tons to come here, but it just never happened. The Bulldogs by no means kept it close and played a competitive game. I just think it was the Panthers were, you know, a couple of origin players that probably didn't want to give 100 percent you know, just to make sure their bodies got through the game. Um didn't have to fire a lot of shots. But, yeah, the Panthers got, got it done, you know, a 20-plus point victory. They'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, not much to say in terms of um, the Bulldogs' performance. But, yeah, with the Panthers, at least from a super coach perspective, if you're a Jerome Luai owner, if you're a you know, Vinny Army kick-out owner, you'd be uh, pretty hurt by those scores. You know, I think Luai, he's got a three-round average of around the 30 mark. Uh, Kikau, you know, last time they played the Bulldogs, Kikau had a double in the wet today, this time um, I mean, you traded him, and how did uh, Kikau go? Not too well from uh, what I've heard. No, so you just mentioned the two guys I did trade in this week thinking that huge scores were coming, so Lua got a 17 and Kikau got a 32 so yeah. burned, burned two trades there and didn't get the results and that's why I only just cracked the 1,000 and be moving down the rankings this week um, but yeah, in this one, Charlie Staines, the, the Forbes Ferrari, crossed over for a 92. So he was the gun player in this game. And Captain Cleary, which over 30% of all Supercoach teams did captain this week, only cracked out an 80. And that was looking pretty dicey. He was on 32 at half time. So he was able to get some of those Cleary unicorn points. Um, 
but yeah, the Panthers, you know, mentioned a couple of times this uh, this season against the Broncos and the Knights in particular, you know, they're not looking to always put the foot on the throat. Sometimes just get, get through the motions, you know, get some runs in the legs for some players um, who haven't really played that much. You know, Eisenhuth, Lanou and Sorison all saw decent game time this week. So, look, they're going to keep going and, you know, chug along. Uh, when we do talk about the origin teams at the end of the podcast, that has now broken. So we'll be able to mention those teams at the end of the pod for the New South Wales team. They'll have a couple missing, but they still have a pretty nice core players who will be there next week against the Tigers. So the Panthers will be rolling and, you know, every week we need to mention it's now 12 straight to start the season. So it's now going to come into record territory now of how many regular season victories they can get in a row. Um, and for the Bulldogs, you know, Trent Barrett is going to be pulling his hair out. You know, coaching is not a fun job in the NRL, and he's learning that the hard way a second time around in his doggy side. Um, very quickly before we move on from this game, I guess we're 12 rounds in now. The Bulldogs have the bye next week. You have to put it over under on how many games they are going to win this season. What would you put it at? Okay, so, so far they had the one. <laughs> um, I reckon they'll have another win in them, maybe two tops you know i think they'll be lucky to avoid the spoon this year because you know i can't see where their points are coming from um but to their credit in the first half they did keep it close um you know right up until you know spencer on the news scored that try on the uh, strike of half time but yeah it's it's definitely a a, a season where they want to forget and look forward to you know their recruits next year with Burton and um, Adokar coming across the uh, 2022 season. Definitely. And I'll mention one more player on this game before we move on, just Jake Averillo. Um, really liking how he's been playing his footy at the moment. And, you know, they have got Flanagan, who is still in that club. Let's not forget, Cole Flanagan was a star recruit this year and they got Matt Burton. But Jake Averillo will be in this team somewhere. If he does not be in this team, he'll sign for someone else and, put, and play some footy because he's got a lot of footy in him. And, you know, in, in a side that's getting beat pretty consistently every round. He's still getting some good performances in. So Jake Averillo's one, uh, especially even from a super coach perspective, they can play some good footy towards the end of the season. Um, he might be a sneaky little pickup for the rest of the year there. Yeah, he's got plenty of speed to burn. So yeah, I'm sure um, another club will definitely pick him up. We'll move on to the next game. It was a second Saturday game and one that I watched far too closely. It was a South Sydney Rabbitohs 38 defeating my Paramount Eels 20. In this one, it was the Dane gay guy, Alex Johnston, Cody Walker, Damian Cook show. All the all the stars for the Rabbits came out here. Two hat tricks, uh, a sneaky Damian Cook try. Everything that I thought Parramatta could do in this game happened. Um, a team strips our defense out wide and their forwards and hooker rolls through the middle. What I guess my blue and gold glasses are on, and I'll talk a little bit in a sec, but how do you see this game going, mate? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with the Rabbitohs, to their credit, they um, you know dusted off those last uh, two something by the um, Storm and Panthers, and the Digital boys they stepped up. You know, as you mentioned, Alex Johnson, Dan Gay guy, uh, Cody Walker, and Elon Latrell Mitchell, they all did a job on the Eels. The Eels, I think we we talked about it a few weeks ago, where you know the Eels were doing really well. We were hoping that you know they could continue their form to, later in the season because. We all know how the Eels start every season, especially kick after Sunday, start red hot, and then they start to falter for whatever reason. Um, how do you see it as a power fan? Yeah, it's the last three years we've started really well, and there's always been that one thing to kind of twist the season on its head, and this one was definitely the, the Dylan Brown suspension. 
Uh, mm. I like Jacob Arthur. I think he's going to have a good career ahead of him. But we do really miss having that star playmaker outside of Mitch. Uh, yeah. So he's a very welcome return next week. We'll have him back for our game against the Knights. Um, but yeah, yeah, the problem moving into this season after last season was our edge defense. Both sides getting stripped down pretty consistently. We didn't uh, address it at all in the offseason and we actually lost our best outside defender in Michael Jennings. Um, so in this game, BA did a positional switch and moved uh, Wonga Blake and Tom Obercheck to opposite sides of the field. So on our right side, we had Fergo, Opercheck, and Jacob Arthur all defending the line, and that's where the six tries came from. So yeah, yeah pr- pretty heartbreaking to watch because every time you saw that big sweep play from the ra- from the rabbit, you knew it was probably going to end in a try because we just didn't have anything there. But the two that really hurt me more was the Damien Cook try start off the back of the scrum, you know, a minute and everyone's fresh, caught out. Then the Dan Gay guy try off the scrum as well, just burned us for speed. So, so some some things that BA's got to really work on here because that's now two pretty poor performances in a row. Uh, we will have Newcastle next week who's probably going to have some origin players out. So that will help us, you know, try and get on the right foot with uh, Dylan Brown coming back in. But yeah, the Rabbits, you know, at that Wayne Bennett coach side was not going to get towed up three weeks in a row and they really came out with a bit of purpose here. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. The uh, the power team, by the looks of it, that'd be nearly full strength. You know, Bar maybe Reed Marnie. Um, I don't because I didn't see uh, you know Blake Ferguson, Clint Gustin, They all missed a cut. I, even uh, Madison. I don't think he made it to the New South Wales team. No, so Paulo will be the only one missing. Yes, um, yep. on the bench, but everyone else will, will be playing. And obviously, Reed Marnie may be a call up there. So we'll, we'll be going through this origin period, period much better than we were last year with some of the players we were missing. Um, but yeah, I think this is this game was definitely more of the rabbit side. And you know, some of the guys who haven't been firing recently definitely came out with a ball of fire and put it on us. So, look, if you're a rabbits fan, you're cheering, you got you get your team is back on the right foot quickly on a super coach perspective. The two guns in this game, no way, no one else to say it. Dan Gay guy, 163. Alex Johnson, 146. You've got those guys, you're absolutely cheering. And the flop of the game has to go to the Cardi party. All the all the talk about him, you know, he's coming off the bench and knocking out 60s. Back to a 15 for the Cardi. So, look, you know, it was a nice story, and I still think he has a, a role to play in this side at some stage this season. But to think he was going to come on as a difference maker uh, off the bench was never going to happen. And, you know... I kind of bought in a little bit after those couple of games in a row, but yeah, back to what I thought it would be. Yeah, I think everyone's just come back down to earth, you know, after those there's a few times where, you know, he had those tries, those try assists. Um, yeah, back down to earth, the Cardi party. Look, some people may still be in the party, but um, at least for myself, I won't be looking at him as a, as a waiver pickup even for next week. No way. We'll move on to the last game on Saturday and I'll kind of preface this by saying I think this was the game, if Ricky Stewart doesn't see out the season, I think this is the game we look at. It was the Sydney Roosters 44 defeating the Canberra Raiders 16 from Gosford. In this one here, Johnny, you know, the Roosters are nowhere near full strength. They've got a lot of players out. You know, Canberra got up early as they have been doing the last six weeks, um, but it got mowed down and mowed down pretty poorly. How would you see this going, going, mate? Yep. It's been said many a times to Canberra faders. Uh, you know, they got out to a 10-0 lead and then the Roosters, they just, um, you know, like a 
good Robbo coach team. They they all came back. Um, you know, this Roosters is you know operating at maybe sixty uh, percent capacity. <laughs> they're operating on like a bit a shell of a team, but they're like they just came back really strong. And you know, with Joseph Martin, you had players playing out of position, and you know, Joey Martin, he just went. He, you know, that try against um, you know, when he stripped uh, John Rapana, that would have mm. just killed the Raiders fans. Yeah, Joey Manu was a superstar in this game. You know, he's a center by trade, probably one of the best centers in the comp. When he fills in that fullback, he's done really well the last couple of seasons. And now he looks like he's a genuine 5'8". When he's got his bought the ball in hand, he's one of those guys. And you saw, like you said, those two tries that he scored, the the, the bomb to self and the way it's an issue that how Caleb Aiken was not looking at the players and was facing his own end goal. That's one problem. But the fact Manu was able to go over the top of him and get that ball, amazing. And then, like you said, that that George Rapana strip is just that's just eyes up footy. That's quality to get it done, and that's exactly what the Roosters are. They're well coached. They got superstar talent. You know, we saw Joseph Sawali in his second game of first grade, seventeen years old. He got it. That filthy step to get on the outside of Sebastian Chris. That bit of acceleration. You know, you shouldn't be able to do that if you're seventeen. And obviously, Chris is a young young boy too. But yeah, this this whole Rooster side, whoever's on the field, they're getting the job done. They got. Pretty towered up the last couple of weeks, you know, that embarrassing loss to the Broncos. But they're coming out and, you know, Tedesco had his hand on the ball more. I thought Adam Kieran out of hooker was sensational. I thought he's a huge upgrade on Marshy, and I think that will be the way they move forward with Kieran and Beryl's uh, rotating the hooker position for the rest of the season. Uh, so the Roosters, they're going to keep rolling. You know, Hargreaves, I didn't think he had this kind of form left in him. When Lindsay Collins went down, he's really stood up and been the forward leader. And we've seen that, uh, you know, Takiyaho is getting a little bit fit after his rib injury. So, look, they're going to ride in the form. They're going to make some noise in the finals. But this is definitely more, we're looking at possibly the, the funeral of the Canberra Raiders. They're now down to 14th. And if anyone thought that they were going to miss out on the eight, you know, okay, fair enough. But no one saw them coming 14th. No, I mean, you got the West Tigers jumping ahead of them now. So that's, you know, you had but the Tigers penciled for the wooden spoon. So, uh, yeah, that, that's saying something when you got the, the somewhat the team like the Tigers leapfrogging the Raiders. Um, I mean, just on the Raiders, uh, are we writing them off? Is this, is this you know, no chance of the finals now? They're, they're just, you know, with no... Um, uh, they oh, just had a brain fart. They're fullback. Um, he doesn't look um, like he's going to be back in chance. Yeah, he's, it seems like he, he's going to be a massive loss. And, you, you know, with all the off-field drama and, you know, all the how not to handle a contract situations with a halfback going. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's a bit too much for, for the Raiders to get over here. Well, look, they're, they're nearly full strength. If you take out Charms, and obviously George Williams says left, so we'll take him out as well. This is, uh, you know, Jared Croker, at this stage of his career, is Sebastian Chris better? Might be the same type of player. But, yeah. This is this side, you know. Obviously, Joe Tarpany is out. That's another another big name. But they're not like you look at the two teams here. The Roosters have been decimated by some of their best players not playing. And Canberra, you know, they've obviously got the bye, so Ricky Stewart have two weeks to kind of ponder this. But I'm expecting sweeping changes. I'm expecting Caleb Aikens to go. I think it's now time for Albert Hopewadi to get a run at fullback. You know, whether they've got another young half. In the reserves, they can bring in for Sam Williams. You know, Ryan James and Dinamis Louis are on that side. Is it time to bring some of the young forwards and, you know, get them a run in their legs, similar to how they did with Gula 
and Horsberg over the last couple of years. I'm not sure, but this this side is lacking confidence. It's lacking leadership on the park right now because when they get down and they lose these leads, they they fold, fold like deck chairs. So I don't know whether Ricky's lost the playing group and he's out at the end of the season or during this season. But you know, if, if he does, you know, get pushed out or walks out at some stage, I think we look at this game and go, this was the season that they're, they're this is the moment that their season ended. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah getting dusted like that against the Roosters. Um, yeah, not even at the cricket ground. You know they they've just had one like definitely had way too many um sort of fade out games where they've gone to the lead and then as soon as the opposition you know starts evening up, you know not sure if it's a confidence thing, it's a mental thing. They just as you said folding like deck chairs. On a super coach perspective, before we go, the best game in this uh, best player in this game was Josh Hodgson. So actually came on pretty early and played the rest of the game and got a try. So if you if he's on a waiver, he might be sneaky because it looks like Tom Starling is now lost that hooker position. And I'll give him the flop. He had 20. So obviously a lot of guys started Tom Starling and probably had Josh Hodgson as a handcuff, but it was the wrong way around if there was those owners. And Jordan Rapine also got a 15. He's been in some pretty good form this year. So a couple of Raiders, you know, if you've got Raiders in your super coach, you and me said it a couple of weeks ago, time to sell them. I don't think there's any Raiders of value. If you've got a guy like, you know, uh, Harry Nera, you know, who got an 82 this week, time to sell high, get rid of him as soon as you can. Uh, and if you've got a, if you, if there's any roosters on the waivers or some guys who are selling some roosters, might be time to buy him. They might be in a bit of form here with a nice run coming up. Yeah. From a super coach perspective, I don't really want anything to do with um, this trade aside. With the exception of maybe, you know, the, the second rowers, because Sticks seems to like using them for 80 minutes, but. Yeah, wouldn't want to touch that lock there forward pack because you know who knows what what stick is doing with their rotation and the whole backline. There doesn't seem to be that many points to be had there. Hundred percent. Move on to the Sunday. Two games left from Coffs Harbour. It was the Sharks thirty-eight defeating the Pretenders. I'm not calling them by their team name anymore. They're the Pretenders, the Gold Coast Pretenders. Ten. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, this is out of all the performances this week. This is the one I just want to bash. I just want to, the pretenders are just, I, I fell for the trap. You know, a lot of a lot of signings, a lot of hype around this team, but to get 38 put on you by this shark side, you know, they threw the ball to Dave Fafita. He got a 91 in super coach. That's good for him. A lot of tackle breaks, a lot of offloads. But to me, it's a, it's a side whose defense was just tissue paper thin this week. They leaked tries that shouldn't have leaked, you know, simple crash plays. The way that the Sharks were stripping them on an edge consistently, you know, to me, this is, if you're a, if you're a Pretenders fan, you know, I don't know what to think because, honestly, so much expectations, you know, people have been for the top eight. I had them seventh, you know, and you said the Knights were untippable. I don't think you can tip the Titans with any confidence. I just call them by their name. So... But, you know, I'm, I'm outraged because this was a game, you know, I'll, I think betting favorites, it was 80% coming in for the Titans. Everyone had them penciled in, you know, a short trip down to Coffs Harbour compared to the Sharks going up there who's been, you know, they've got an interim coach right now. You know, I don't know. This was a poor game. And what do you, I guess, if you saw any of it or if you're just looking at the scoreboard and kind of thinking what happened, what, what's your thoughts here? Um, 
with the Titans, for them in terms of the defense, but yeah, to be held to 10 points by the Sharks side, I guess, you know, you can't really gain momentum in you know, today's game when you're conceding that many points with 38 points to the Sharks. As you said, you know, with the interim coach, um, yeah, not sure where to go here with the Titans. I mean, they are playing next week, but then they they have a tough run in that. They have the Storm next week. Um, and, and you know the Storm's mentality. It's that sort of next in line, and they'll put up a good fight even with, that, even with a shell of a team. 100%. And if you're a Sharks fan, you're cheering because this is a game you probably don't think you're going to get. And, you, you, you know, you turn the season around now. Is they're not too late. Like to me, it's not like a Raider situation. You can tell a lot of these players. I really enjoy playing with each other. I really love their their spine now. I think they've really penciled it in now that Chad Townsend is out of the spine. I think having Kennedy at the back, Moylan and Johnson in the halves, and Braley at nine is their best combination. Oh. You know, and they've still got a couple of players to come back. You know, Connor Trace is holding down that wing spot, but Sione Katoa will come back and he'll slot straight in there. Connor Trace will probably move back to the bench as his utility role. There's a couple of things I really like about this team now moving forward. You know, Will Chambers has really slotted nicely into that center spot there. And I think Josh Dugan will have a bit of a battle to get that spot back because, you know, Bill Chambers is just solid defensively. He, he, and, you know, he knows what to do on the field. So if you're a Sharks fan, you know, quickly on a Supercoach perspective, Jesse Ramey in 106 and Ronaldo Mortalo 94. So that edge was doing things all day for the Sharks. But yeah, quickly going back to the Titans, you know, Ash Taylor, you know, has to come back into the side now. I think Tanner Boyd's time, you know, he got caught out defensively pretty, pretty consistently in this game. And their four-pack role, you know, their four-pack has been playing pretty well. You know, Jolliffe, um coming off the bench, you got Jared Wallace there. But yeah, in this game, they they, they were caught out. And, you know, the, the flop of the of the game has to go to my boy, Jamal Fogarty. 17. Brimson did get injured. Only got a 10 in this game, but obviously he had a bit of a knee knock. Um, and that's that would contribute to why the Tides were pretty poor in attack. But yeah, their side, their sideline to sideline attack is just garbage and their slide defense isn't much better. So if you're a Titans fan, you know, you take this one, you go in next week against a depleted Melbourne Storm side and hope that Nico Hines doesn't tear you up. Because yeah, looking at the draw, it, it is a tough one. So they got the Storm, they got the Roosters. And then they got the Seagulls afterwards, I believe, as well. So, yeah, some t- tough games coming up. Um, yeah, and they're sitting right down at 10th at the moment. So not too far at the 8th, but, um, yeah, some tough draws coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how Holbrook uh, turns this around. 100%. And we'll move on to the last game of the round. It's your boys. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. Don't know how they won, but they've won. How did this one go, mate? I don't think anyone in Australia would have tipped the Knights with no Ponga, no Kurt Mann. So they were running. They they had, you know, Connor Watson at 5'8". And then Connor Watson had to jump into fullback middle of the game as well. So they were running with a fourth string fullback there. And um, yeah, look, really proud of the boys. Even if they didn't win, um, I was... It would have been a, I would have been really proud of you know the effort they put up because we were down and out. And, you know, I think Sean Kepi was the 18th, the real 18th man for the Knights because he just, you know, shot the Seagulls to bits. I'm sure just has, I would have given him a massive spray. And he's had a couple of really nice performances, especially the game against Parramatta. And he just came out here and obviously trying to fire up his team, but just, yeah, did, went the wrong way about it. And 
this Newcastle side, again, I don't know how they won. Their best player didn't play. Kurt Mann, who I don't rate at all, but he's still a integral no. part of this attack. But, you know, you got a very good Connor Watson, probably one of his best games in a Knights jersey. And your forward pack did stand up. I think Saipedi and Clement had very, very oh, nice yeah. games. Uh, Barnett in middle of the field also did a very nice job. So, you know, the, the Knights got through there. I think they've got Jake Clifford coming down effective immediately. So he's a very good chance to line up next yeah. week. So, you know, that that will help, especially if Kerman's out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Jake Clifford had a really nice game for the Cowboys on uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Friday night. So he had a really nice game there and he will do a job there. But from a manly side, it looked like a team that was, you know, pretty timid in attack, didn't really throw a lot of shots out. I think I think Tom Trevojevic had one eye on uh, New South Wales. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, Freddie was whispering in his ear just before the game, just to, you know, take it easy, mate. And you got Origin up, coming up in 10 days, rest those hammies. And, um, yeah, because the Knights did a pretty good job of you know, shutting out Turbo for, I think he's must have had his quietest game since he's been back. Um, not sure how he did super coach wise, but I don't think he even cracked like the he 30 a, mark. A 34 he ended up with. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, that would have burned a few um, owners there if you yeah, left your captaincy right up until the last match there. Um, but some someone I will shout out from, because I did watch this game very closely, someone I will shout out from the Seagulls side is Morgan Harper. Mm. Um, he shut out. Bradman Best, because, you know, Bradman Best, he's got, you know, he's just a power-running centre there. He's such a strike. And Morgan Harbour shut him down every single time. And I was looking at that matchup in particular because you, you traded me uh, Bradman Best for my Ewan Aiken there. Mm. Yeah, he did a really nice job. And, you know, the, the outside backs for the for the, for the Manly, so I did play well in this game. Obviously, Garrick, Saab crashed over for a try, uh, sprinted away for a try. But yeah, the, the two most important players in this manly side, Tom Travoyevich and Daly Cherry Evans, combined for a 65 total for both of those players in Supercoach. And obviously that's not the end or be all, but you can just tell as kind of a guideline. They weren't really in it. Cherry Evans had a nice kicking game. But other than that, you know, didn't really throw the line. Had that one beautiful ball um, that went sent over Carl Lawton for the Brad Parker try. That was a very nice like, in and out um, bit of play there. But yeah, I think Newcastle's full pack really went forward. It was a lot of one-out running from the Knights, but it was effective going down the field. And Crossland did a good enough job with his kicks to kind of pin Manly down. And that second half was all about defence, one-out running, and just tiring the tiring the Seagulls out. So it's, it's a good win for Newcastle. They needed it to get back on track. Uh, and Manly, obviously, have been playing some very nice footy. Expected a letdown. You know, there were people, I even was one of them saying, are they the third best uh, side in the comp? Look, they're, they're around that th- three to six kind of range. I think uh, it's how it will shake out, but they definitely needed a game with this, I think, for Desi to kind of reset because they were playing some players that were, you know, had Funa at six today, obviously without their Kieran Four and K-Cast, Josh Eustace, so that's their, you know, first, second, third string, five, eight. So obviously they had, they had a couple of excuses here, but Newcastle got the job done pretty convincingly in the end when you look at the scoreboard. Yeah, that's right. Um, one, I guess... Fairly big injury out of this is Tyson Frizzell in the last few minutes of this game, and you know from all um, you know from all um, news I've heard is that you know Tyson Frizzell he was he was penciled in in this uh, Freddie's New South Wales team, but um, looks like we've I guess we'll, we'll can move on now to the New South Wales side because now we have Tarek Sims starting in uh, second row position there. 
Yeah, so let's quickly go through it because uh, the, the teams have been announced now. So Queensland will be released tomorrow and we'll do a quick separate pod to do a bit of a reaction. But for this new South Wales, I'll quickly run through it. So James Tedesco is the fullback. we got Brian Toto making his debut. Josh Adakar on the wing. The centre pairing is, again, we're play- picking non-centres, so Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travojevic in the centres. Jerome Luai makes his day origin debut, partnering uh, club and Nathan Cleary in the halves. Daniel Saifidi and Jake Travojevic are the props. Damian Cook retains the number nine jersey. Cameron Murray moves from the lock to the second row with Tarek Sims, who will partner on his origin debut. Isaiah locks the scrum. Jack Wyden has won the interchange bench utility battle. Junior Paulo, Payne Haas are the bench props. And Liam Martin also gets a run as one of the back rollers. In the reserves, Appy Coruscant is number 18 and Campbell Graham is number 19 there. So some interesting ones there, Johnny. I think obviously Tedesco was a no-brainer. Uh, the first surprise there is To'o winning the wing spot over Daniel Tupo. Who do you think you should, would have had there? Look, I think Tupo was hard done. You know, he didn't really do anything wrong to be dropped. But, um, you know, the way To'o has been playing this season, especially, you know, his kick returns, um, I, I think he definitely does deserve his shots. Obvi- obviously, you know, with height being um, the only... Uh, question mark about his his origin selection. Um, look, maybe we'll see Tom Travoyevich, you know, um, swap out there for for the um, for the kick, for, you know, for the um, the high balls there. But um, yeah, I, I think Tor does deserve his spot. Just yeah, he's been playing incredible. We haven't seen a winger have so much impact in the game since yeah, since I can remember. And that's it. And then obviously going into the centers again, you know, probably the two that everyone picked, uh, Latrell and Tom, but picking another non center partnership there. Do you have any flashbacks to last year with Dwight and Guffer there, or do you think these guys are a class above? No, no. Latrell Mitchell, he's, he's the best center in the world when he was there. And Tom Travojevic, you need him in the side. And, you know, he, he had a hat trick the first time he played in the centers in, I remember in Perth. And yeah, just. Tom can play anywhere. I have no doubts in um, Latrell and Tom out there in the centres. All right. Then your boys in the half. So obviously Jerome Luai was the the big call. There was some noise that Jack White was going to win that spot in a late push by Cody yeah. Walker. But Luai gets the spot there. Are you happy with that one? Yeah, I am happy with that one. You know, Luai, obviously, from a super coach perspective, he's been quiet the past three weeks. Um, but I, th- it makes sense to me, you know, having that, that club combination, uh, near telepathic club combination there. And, you know, th- there's no surprise the way the Panthers have been going. This team is like one, two, there's six Panthers players there. So I think Jerome Luai deserves his spot next to Nathan Cleary, who can't, you know, there's a question mark in his defence, but um, I think, you know, he, he deserves his shot. He was said, now the, the front three and the forwards, Saifidi, Cook and Troy, which all kind of were going to be named, but I think the back three is more important. We've got Keir Murray, who traditionally does not play on the edge and hasn't really played that well when he has moved to the edge for the Rabbits. We've got Tarek Sims, who has come out of nowhere and is definitely the bolter in this side. And Isaiah Yo, who will start for the first time in origin. What's your thoughts on the back three in the back row there? And what how do you see it all playing out? Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, New South Wales, we're usually we're, we're very strong depths in our um, back row. But uh, with this one, obviously Tarek Sims, he's... He's been there, done that. Um, Tyson Frizzell was going to be the one starting. But um, look, I think Tarek Sims, he'll, he'll do a job. He, he's, I think he's been there at this stage and he's done a good job. 
Karen Murray, um, yeah, look, he's he's definitely more of a third team player, but I feel like again, just riding this Panthers train, Isaiah, yo, he he deserves this spot here because just simply the what he's been doing in, in Penrith. And I think he's a big body there. And you know, with we're hoping, you know, his telepathic communication with you know, Luai and Cleary will get the job done there. Yeah, you can definitely tell, uh, at least me personally, I thought if no injuries, no suspensions, the back three would have been Angus Crichton, Tyson Brazil, yes. Victor Radley. I think that would have yeah. been the yeah. that would have been the three. So these are guys that are coming in to fill a spot for now. But I think in Origin 2, you could easily see all three of those guys moving back in, um, depending on Frizzell's, uh fitness there. So interesting one. But then we move into the 14 jersey. And again, it looked like it was probably Ryan Pappenhausen's jersey until his head knock on uh, Anzac Day there. But Jack Wyden, who's been there, um, are we happy with Jack Wyden as the 14? Or were you wanting someone else like a Cody Walker? No, I think Jack Wyden's the right pick there. You know, he can feel... He can feel- Back, um, you know, the backs, the halves. Um, I, I think he, you know, he's the reigning Dalian medalist, and um, yeah, I, I think he, he's a good 14 in lieu of uh, Ryan Pappy. That's it. And then the bench props again, Junior Paula Payne Haas probably were going to get picked in somewhere, so that's not really a surprise. But the last one there, Liam Martin, again, more of a bolter there, and mm. something to say about having that partnership with Nathan Cleary. What's your thoughts on Liam Martin, and would you have gone for anyone else? if we had a full list of forwards to go from. Yeah, Liam Martin, that, that, i got to admit, I, I didn't see this one coming. You know, I, I thought I was going to have Liam Martin next week in my super coach side, but uh, he's an interesting one. But I guess in retrospect, I think looking back, um, he's he's done an incredible job coming off the bench for Penrith. And looks like, you know, like the rest of us, Brad Field is just trying to ride this uh, Penrith team. I'm, I'm sure if you, you know, if you could put the Penrith side against the Queensland side, you'd, you'd get a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, look, it's an interesting team. And like I said, I think there will be a lot of changes. Even if they do win Origin 1, I think with some injuries and suspensions, that you'll have some players coming in. Some of the notable misses out. So, obviously, uh, Clemmer, who was making a late push for one of the prop spots, he didn't get in. You have a guy like Ryan Mattinson and Clint Gutherson for Parramatta, Nathan Brown. Yep. The three Paraboys yep. didn't make it. And obviously, I think Daniel Tupo is the real big one, I think. Again, he, like you said, he did nothing wrong here, but just beat up our two sensational wingers in total and Adokar. Is anyone else there that, you, that you're looking through the end of the row and you're thinking a bit hard done by not getting a bench spot? Or like, is, is there anyone else you would have liked to see in this team or you think may feature in the rest of the uh, series here? No, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I think we've already discussed a lot of the players that you know we thought we should have been there by injury or some of your power boys, but... Look, Freddie's never been one to, you know, pick a very um. There's always seems to be a bit of controversy for Freddie's uh, origin sides, but look, in Freddie we trust, and I'm hoping that New South Wales we can uh, grab the shield back from those uh, Queenslanders. That's it, mate. All right, beautiful. We'll leave it there. So that was the round twelve recap, as well as a sneaky little origin instant reaction. So Johnny, thanks for coming on, mate. Much appreciated. All right, it's always a pleasure. And thanks for listening, guys. Again, at the socials, at the NRL Rewind, Facebook and Instagram. We'll be back later this week with our round 13 preview. Obviously, only got the four games this week in the buy round. So should be a nice quick one and we'll have something else and they'll have some Queensland reactions as well. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.